Thank you. And we are going to talk about gifts. Huh. Go figure. This morning. Uh, if you would take your Bibles and turn to the book of First Peter, toward the end of the New Testament. <clears throat> First Peter. The fourth chapter. First Peter four. Getting things arranged here. Um, I'm going to use two different Bibles today. And so I need to have them both ready. If you have a new living translation, I'll be starting with that. And then we'll also be using the new international version. So if you have one of those, we'll be looking at that as well. Um, I'm not going to take the time, for those of you who haven't been with us, to again explain this graphic for the series that we're going through. Uh, the series is called The One and Others More Than Just Sunday Clothes. And we have this closet and all of that hangers. Um, if you want to kind of get the idea, and you'll probably get it as we go through the message, uh, you can go to our website and listen to the messages. And every week it explains it over and over again, uh, the idea of this closet uh, when we're thinking about the one another's. But uh, today I want to jump right into uh, the message and the next one another that we're going to talk about. So let's pray. Our Father, we give you praise for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to worship you, to sing about what a good father you are, to remind ourselves that you do love us tremendously, unconditionally, to offer our praise to you, to lift you high, to be reminded that the greatest command is to love you, and then to take that love that you give us and share it with others. And Father, we realize your love for us is our standard for our love for each other. And so as we continue to talk about ways we can love each other, Father, could you minister to us today? Uh, teach us. But most importantly, Father, could your spirit through your word cause something to happen that will make a difference. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So the one another that we're going to look at today comes from 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. From the New Living it says this, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. And so our one another that's hanging in our closet that God has given those of us who belong to him today is use your gifts to serve one another. Use your gifts to serve one another. According to this verse, we have gifts. God has given each of us a gift or gifts from this storehouse of gifts, this wide variety of gifts that he has to give us. And so that means as Christians, those of us who are followers of Christ through salvation, in our closet... 
We have gifts that God has given us. And Peter says, since that's true, you must use them. Use them to serve one another. So we're going to talk about that. Um, I noticed in every translation, you have that instruction, use them. One says employ them, but that's what it means. Use it. Put it to use. Put it into practice. And so there is no translation that counters what the one I just read says. They all say we are gifted and we are to use those gifts. And yet, I find that there are many followers of Christ who leave this one another teaching in the closet. They are gifted. God has given them gifts. And yet, they leave those gifts hanging in the closet and they don't use them. And so what I want to do today is very simple. I want to lay out a case for using our gifts to serve one another. And it's not really my case, but I'm going to take you to three scriptures and show you how the scripture lays out this case for us using our gifts to serve each other. And then after laying out that case, I'm going to respond to some of the excuses that Christians have for not using their gifts to serve others. The excuses they give for leaving those gifts in the closet. So that's where we're going this morning. But we're going to start with just laying out the biblical case for using our gifts to serve one another. And we'll start right here in First Peter because he goes on and talks more about this. So let's look at this, and I really encourage you, if you're taking notes, to jot down every one of these pieces of information because what each piece of information here that Peter gives is doing is laying out the case. So if you write them all down and you look at them as a whole, you've got this whole case presented to you for why you should use your gifts to serve one another. So let's look at it. We learn in verse 10, God has given each of you a gift. So each Christian, not some, each Christian, each follower of Christ has been given a gift or gifts. And they're called spiritual gifts, notice, which tells us that these gifts come from the Holy Spirit, they're spiritual from Him, and that they must have some kind of spiritual purpose in that they are called spiritual gifts. So they come from the Holy Spirit and they have a spiritual purpose. They are spiritual gifts. We are to use them in serving one another. Use them. That is a command. That is in the form of the imperative. I could say it's an instruction to kind of soft pedal it, but I'll say what it is. It's a command. Use 
your gifts and serving one another. If it's a command, that means we have an issue of obedience or disobedience here, right? Commands are meant to be followed or not followed. If you follow a command, you're obeying. If you don't follow the command, you're disobeying. This is serious because this is God who gives the command. He says each one has been given gifts to be used for serving one another. There's a variety of them, but each of us has been given a gift or some. And the command is use them. Use them to serve one another. It's a matter of obedience or disobedience. He goes on. Verse 11. Do you have the gift of speaking? Some of the gifts involve speaking. You you use your voice. You, You speak. Words come out of your mouth in order to use some of these gifts. So he asks, do you have the gift of speaking? Well, then speak. There you have the command again, right? You have the gift of speaking. If if your gifts fall in that category, speak. Open your mouth for Pete's sake. Speak. As though God himself were speaking through you. Because he is. If he's given you gifts that involve speaking, then he is going to use your words. He is going to speak to others through you and serve them as you use your speaking gift. But then he says, do you have the gift of helping others or serving others? There are a lot of gifts that don't involve speaking. You don't have to open your mouth. They're kind of behind the scenes. They involve serving people, helping people, coming alongside people. And he says, if you have gifts in that category, here it comes again, do it. Use those gifts with all the strength and energy that God supplies. He'll give you the strength and he'll give you the energy to use those gifts that involve serving. Maybe not speaking, but serving and helping. Do it. And then he concludes, then, if you use your speaking gifts, if you use your serving gifts to serve others, then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. If we use the gifts God has given us to serve one another, Peter says, you will be bringing glory to God. Isn't that what we want? Isn't that our purpose? To bring glory to God. Well, Peter says, if you use the gifts God has given you to serve one another, you will bring glory to God. Now, is that convincing at all? Is Peter's case here, in just a couple verses, convincing enough? For you to say, huh, i got to use my gifts. Is it a convincing case that Peter brings? If not, let's add to the case 
Okay? Let's go to 1 Corinthians. And for that, I'm going to switch Bibles here. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians 12. Let's add to this case for using our gifts to serve one another. Starting in verse 4. 1 Corinthians 12, 4. Actually, chapters 12, 13, and 14 are all about the gifts. We're just going to look at a few verses. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 4. He says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone it is the same God at work. You notice in those verses you have the word different repeated and you have the word same repeated. So when it comes to the gifts, there are differences and there is a sameness. Notice, there are different kinds of gifts. Remember Peter said there's a variety And there are a couple lists in Scripture of some of the gifts. And when you read them, you realize there's a variety. There are different kinds of gifts. Peter said some are speaking, some are serving, helping. And so here Paul says there's different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them all. It's the Holy Spirit who distributes them to God's people. Verse 11 All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. He distributes them to each one just as who? He determines. The Holy Spirit determines which gifts each follower of Christ will be given for serving others. It's not a case where I become a Christian and one of the first things I get to do is go shopping for the spiritual gifts that I want to have to use to serve other people. It just doesn't work that way. It's very clear. It's the Spirit who distributes them as He determines. So the gifts I have, it was determined by the Holy Spirit that I have those gifts. He gave them to me. The gifts you have, determined by the Holy Spirit, He gave them to you. He goes on and says there are different kinds of service. There's different ways to serve with these gifts. But the same Lord, it's the same Lord Jesus we're serving. Different ways to serve with them, but the same Lord Jesus we are serving. Then he says in verse 6, there are different kinds of working or results. But in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So we may have different gifts. They may lead to different results in the lives of people. But one thing you can be sure, it's the same God who's seen that those results take place as we use our gifts. So you've got different, same when it comes to gifts. Verse 7, now to each one, there it is again, each one. To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit... So here Paul is calling these gifts he's talking about the manifestation of the Spirit. What does manifestation mean? It means to reveal. So what Paul is saying is that the spiritual gifts are a revealing of the Holy Spirit's presence in your life. 
So when I use my gifts, I'm revealing. It's being revealed that the Spirit of God is in my life. And he has given me gifts to use. And it says, to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. It's to serve others. I wasn't given my gifts for me. I wasn't given my gifts to make me look good. My gifts are not my gifts for any selfish, personal purpose. My gifts were given to me just as yours were given to you for the common good. It's for others. It's for the group. That's why you and I were given gifts. It's for the common good. For others. So what does that mean if I leave my gifts in the closet? And I go out and live my life and the gifts God has given me are hanging in the closet. That means somebody is missing out. Somebody's missing out. Because those gifts were given to me for you. <laughs> for the common good. For your good. To serve others. Is that convincing? Do those two passages lay out the case well enough for you? That you would be ter- determined to use your gifts to serve one another? If not, let's go to a third. Let's build on the case, okay? Romans chapter 12. The book right before 1 Corinthians, uh, chapter 12. <clears throat> Romans 12, <clears throat> starting with verse 4. Let's add to the case for using our gifts to serve one another. Romans 12:4 says, For just as each of us has one body, and I think he's talking about the physical body right here, so... For just as each of us has one physical body with many members, there's many parts to this body that you and I have, and these members do not all have the same function, right? I have one body, but many parts in my body, and each part has a different function. Guess what happens if they're all working? Things go well with me, right? I'm healthy. I can grow. There's always a problem if some parts of my body aren't working, right? Now, I can still live. I can still grow to some extent. I can still be healthy to some extent. I can get by, and sometimes well, get by well, but not like if every part was working. That just makes sense, right? So Paul says, just like your physical body is one body but has many parts, verse 5, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body, one body of Christ. And each member belongs to all the others. Those of us who are Christians all belong to the one body of Christ. And in Belonging to the one body of Christ, we belong to each other. We're all part of the same body. We have that in common. 
And he says in verse 6, we have different gifts. We're all part of the same body, but we have different gifts. Again, according to the grace given to each of us. Each of us, by God's grace, has been given gifts, ways to function in the body. And then he gives a list. He gives an example of some of the gifts. He says, if your gift is prophesying, speaking forth the word of God, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If your gift is serving, then serve. If your gift is teaching, then teach. If your gift is to encourage, then give encouragement. If your gift is giving, then give generously. If your gift is to lead, do it diligently. If your gift is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So you have a list of seven of the many gifts, but it gives us an idea. I don't think the point here by Paul is so much to give a list or to to tell us what the gifts are as it is something else that he repeats seven times. Did you catch it? If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. If your gift is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, yes, same pattern, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give. If it is to lead, Do it. If it is to show mercy, do it. You see what he's saying for each of those seven gifts? No matter what your gift is, do it. Use it. That's the message. Use it. It's a command. We're part of one body. We belong to each other. By His grace, God has given us gifts that we can use for the common good in the body to serve each other. So if your gift is this, use it. If your gift is this, do it. If your gift is this, use it. That's the message. Is that convincing at all? I mean, has the scripture just in those three places laid out a pretty convincing case for using our gifts to serve one another? I think it has. But still... (laughs) After seeing that convincing case, there are still a lot of Christians who keep their gifts in the closet. And they have their excuses. Now, again, I could have just softened that and said, reasons. Why soften it? Their excuses. 
So, what are some of the excuses for leaving our gifts in the closet and not using them to serve one another? Well, one is, I don't think I have any gifts. And I say to that person, are you listening? Remember in the first message, we looked at Peter, and he wasn't listening when Jesus so clearly taught him something? If somebody says, after looking at these three scriptures, I don't think I have any gifts. It's like, were you just listening when we read those? Did did you see what it said in your Bible? It's clear. Gifts have been given to each one. Every Christian has gifts. So that shoots that one out of the water. You're gifted. You're gifted. The Bible says you've been given gifts. A second one might be, well, I don't know what my gifts are. Okay, I'll I'll admit the Bible says I have gifts, so I have gifts, but I don't know what they are. What's my response to that? Well, then find out. It's pretty logical. If you know you have gifts that you're supposed to use to serve other people, but you don't know what they are, then find out. Find out what they are. You could do it by just checking these lists in Romans 12. There's one in 1 Corinthians 12. There's some others mentioned in Scripture, and I think there are more beyond those lists. But check it out. Find what some of the examples are, what your gifts could be. Ask somebody, starting with God. Make it a matter of prayer. If you acknowledge you have gifts to be used for serving other people, but you don't know what your gifts are, that's what's keeping you from using them, well, find out. And the first person you should ask about it is God. Make it a matter of prayer. Lord, I believe you've given me gifts, and I believe you want me to use my gifts to serve others. But God, I don't know what they are. Really, I don't. Could you help me? Show me somehow what gifts you've given me. And maybe one of the ways he'll show you is to have you ask somebody else. Because a lot of times, other people in the body of Christ know what your gifts are when you don't. Because unknown to you, you've already been using them. And they've been serving people. And people have been impacted by them. And you just don't know it. So maybe you just need to ask people. Ask other Christian people if they've noticed a gift, an ability that you might have that really impacts people. Ask. I can't believe that if I didn't know what my gifts are and I asked God to show me, that that would be a prayer he would not answer. Because it's his will, right, that we use our gifts. So it's got to be his will that we know what our gifts are. And so if I ask him to show me, that's a prayer according to his will. And he promises to answer in some way. 
so that we might know what our gift or gifts are. Then we can start using them. But there's another excuse. My life is too full already. I can't add another thing. And using my gifts to serve people is another thing that I would have to add to my already full life. Which means I'm too busy. I'm too busy with my family. I'm too busy with work. I'm too busy with school. My life is just packed. And if I were to start using my gifts to serve others, my goodness, you know. So how would I respond to that? Well, I would uh, first of all say, did you know that you're not the only one who has a full life? Did you know there are very few people, if any, who don't have a full life? You are not unique. That would be my first insensitive response. (laughs) But my next response would be, why is your life so full? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Why is my life so full? And why is my life so full that I don't have room in my life to use my gifts to serve others? And the answer is choices. Your life is full because of your choices. You filled your life with things that you chose to fill your life with. That's the bottom line. Every one of my sheds is full. Yes, sheds. Everyone is full. Why are they full? Because I chose to fill them. I chose what to put in my sheds. And I kept putting stuff in there until they were full. So the question is, what's more important? If something, if Janine buys something else, <laughs> or I buy something else, there was a comma, there's a comma there, or I buy something else, and we can't use it till spring. Where am I going to put it? Well, the logical thing is in a shed, but the shed is full. Okay, so I have to do some evaluating, right? I believe this brand new thing we bought that we're going to use in the spring is important. So I have to go to my shed and I have to evaluate everything I've filled it with. And I have to decide what is less important than this item. And I need to make a decision to remove the least important in order for there to be important thing put in there. 
That's, that's, a, that's a pretty crazy parallel, but, um, you know, my life is too full to use my gifts to serve others. You saw the case for using your gifts. It's a matter of obedience. It's a matter of the common good. It's a matter of other people being served. It's a matter of glory being given to God. There's got to be something in my full life that isn't as important as that. And I can't tell you what it is. You need to think about that. Because we make the choices for what we fill our lives with based on what's important and what isn't. Another excuse that comes up And I almost feel bad bringing this up, but I think it's true because I've heard it often. Things are way too difficult right now for me. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know how hard my life is. You don't know the pain that I'm experiencing. You don't know the trials that I'm just right in the thick of right now. And because of that, I just cannot see myself using my gifts to serve others. My response? Turn with me to 1 Peter, back to chapter 4. 1 Peter, chapter 4. If there's something that you have heard multiple, multiple, multiple times in all the years you've been here, it's the idea of context, right? When you're studying Scripture, context. We looked at 1 Peter chapter 4, where Peter tells the readers that God has given each of them a gift and that they are to use them to serve one another. If it's speaking, do it. If it's serving or helping, do it. So clearly, that's the instruction to this group of people. So when we think context, we ask the question, what group of people is he giving this instruction to? What is their situation? Well, just a couple verses that tell us, way back to chapter 1. The first couple verses. This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the provinces of, and then he lists all these foreign places. And you you realize that Peter isn't writing to one group of people located in one city as part of one church. He's writing to Christians who are scattered and finding themselves living in foreign places. And as we go through the letter, we find out it's probably because of persecution. And so he's writing to Christians scattered and living in foreign places. Verse 6. 
He says, so be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. What does that tell tell us about the people Peter's writing to? They're enduring many trials in these foreign places that they find themselves in. And then how about looking at just the very next words after our text in chapter 4. Verse 12. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through. The people Peter's writing to are going through fiery trials. Their lives are hard. It's difficult for them. They're living in foreign places. They're being mistreated. Trials, fiery trials, suffering. And what does he say to those people going through those things? 4.10 God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them. To serve one another. If it's speaking, speak. If it's serving, serve. Come on, Peter. Have a heart. These people are suffering. Do you realize what they're going through? And if he were here, I think Peter would say, I realize what they're going through, but the best thing for them is that they start thinking about others and use their gifts to serve one another. Remember what we talked about last week? The You First Church. It's so easy for us when we're going through trials and struggles and difficulties and experiencing hurt, whatever it is, to become me-first people. And if you've experienced it, you know, admit it, you know, that if you can, as you walk through trials, keep serving other people, think about others, it is very helpful. And it brings joy in the midst of the fiery trial. So to say, well, I'm going through a hard time. I can't use my gifts to serve people. Peter said to people going through terrible times, use your gifts to serve each other. Isn't that interesting? So that's my case. The Bible's case for using your gifts to serve others. Get it. Get those gifts off the hanger in your closet. Put them on and start using them to serve others. Um, And some responses to a few of the excuses. One of the big ones is when people say they don't need me. You know, I, I don't need to use my gift because they don't need me. There's so many gifted people. 
I, I could never have the kind of effectiveness they have. And so we keep our gifts in the closet. Back in 1 Corinthians 12, apparently that was going on in that church in Corinth because in verse 15, Paul says, Now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? He goes on to say, don't say to someone, we don't need you. He says, every part of the body is needed. And so, you know, my response to anybody who says, well, they don't need me, they don't need my gift, others are more effective than I would ever be, uh, where did you get that? Because that's not what the Scripture says. You belong. God gave you something to contribute. You are needed. You make a difference. The healthiest body is not the one that's 80% working or 85% working. The healthiest body is the one that's 100% working. Every part. Maybe we can learn a lesson from what happened at Dunkirk. You history buffs know about this probably. But during World War II, there was a pivotal point in the war. There were um, hundreds of thousands of British and Allied troops stranded in Dunkirk, France, just right across uh, the English Channel. And these troops were under constant threat from the Germans. And there weren't enough British naval ships to rescue them all. So here's what happened. You know what happened? The British government called on every British civilian with a boat to cross the channel and pick up soldiers. Boats of all shapes and sizes cast off and brought home more than 338,000 British and Allied troops. Some believe that without this united effort, Germany would have won the war. But it was because of everyone who had a boat banding together and uniting and serving those soldiers. Friends, every follower of Christ has a boat. Or more than one boat. Every follower of Christ has a gift or gifts. And what would happen if all of those gifts were out of our closet and we were uniting and using them to serve one another? What would happen? 
We all have a boat that we can use. We have gifts. Maybe we can learn a lesson from Blockbuster. In the year 2000, there was an upstart movie rental company that offered to sell their company for $50 million to Blockbuster. Some of you remember Blockbuster was the number one major, largest movie rental um, company around. The upstart company that offered to sell to Blockbuster was called Netflix. They had about 300,000 subscribers. Blockbusters had millions and millions. Blockbuster passed on the opportunity. They said, no, thank you. The result, we know the result. Today, Netflix has more than 180 million subscribers and is worth $200 billion. And Blockbuster? Busted. It's gone. They missed the opportunity. They had the opportunity and they passed on it. And what they missed out on was amazing. Friends, you have a great opportunity. God has gifted you. He's given you gifts with a purpose. Actually, two purposes. One, for the common good, to serve others, to help them grow in their faith. And to bring glory to Him. He's given you that opportunity. Why would you pass up that opportunity and leave your gifts in the closet? Because if you do, somebody's missing out. Somebody in the body is missing out. <clears throat> and you are missing out on blessings galore. Anybody here who is actively committed to and using their gifts to serve others, you know the blessing. You know the blessing when you use your gift and somebody grows, somebody's encouraged, somebody is helped, somebody is served, and God is glorified. You know the blessing. Why pass on that opportunity? So, uh, let's close this way. Uh, first of all, thank you to the many of you who are using your gifts. Um, I am blessed because there are so many of you using your gifts. I have been on the receiving end of them. I've watched people being on the receiving end of your gifts. And people have grown. People have come to the Lord. God has been glorified because so many of you are committed to using your gifts. But not all. And so if, if your gifts are still sitting in the closet, and for whatever reason, you've chosen not to use them to serve others, 
Could you just spend some time this week praying about that? Could you just spend some time this week with your Bible open to these three passages and pray about it? Pray about this case that the Bible lays out for using your gifts to serve others. Could you pray about that? And then could you just take action based on your time in the Word and and your prayer? Take whatever action God would lead you to take. For the sake of the body of Christ, for the glory of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. Father, um, for some of us encouraging because uh, we, we can see the, the fruit and, and what it does in our lives um, to using our gifts to serve. For others, Lord, may be uncomfortable. But Father, um, you are very concerned about the common good. You are very concerned about your people growing about your body being healthy. And you've decided that your people with the gifts you've given them can play a part in that. And so, Lord, I pray that you would uh, meet many people as they spend time in prayer, uh, spend time back in these scriptures, and just make it clear to them, Lord, what actions they should take. It's between you and them. Help them not to pass up the opportunity and miss out. May your spirit work in lives. In Jesus' name, amen.